Hi everyone, I'm Kristen Goodman and you are listening to Parenting in the Middle podcast. Today on the episode, I'm going to share one of my favorite quotes with you and apply it to parenting. And this will be really helpful because it will help you if you don't release the pressure yet, that's okay. But if you kind of start unraveling the need to hold on to it as tightly, we're going to just loosen the grip on this idea that we are responsible for how our children feel and how they behave. If you can remove yourself from that responsibility, you are able to be more supportive and loving and just feel more at peace and acceptance with what is, with the reality of what is happening right now instead of feeling like you need to change it. Something's gone wrong. You are responsible to fix it. It feels very stressful. And I, I know that we've all been there. And even though I know this logically, it's still something that will come up for me. And so the goal isn't to take it all away and to never feel like you're responsible again and just disconnect yourself from that, that need to you know want your kids to be happy. The goal is just to feel better for yourself so you can show up as a better parent. It's just like any emotion. The goal is not to get rid of those negative emotions that come up because we're human and they will. The goal is, no, is knowing what to do with them, to take a look at them. Are they useful? Is it helping you become the parent you want to be? Is it helping you live the life you want? And if it's not serving you, you don't need to hold on to it. All right, so let's talk about this in more depth figure out how to do this. I'll share the quote with you in a minute. And if you aren't on my email list, go grab the three ways to avoid a power struggle. I'm going to put the link in my show notes so that you get updates and emails from me twice a week to just help you stay on top of those strong emotions that come up as a parent all the time. And sometimes they get you sucked into the power struggle where you're arguing with your children or you're yelling at them, you're reacting instead of responding and instead of listening. This can also affect you getting in your head about things, making situations worse than they are because you're telling yourself a story that isn't even true. And when we get dysregulated, that's exactly what happens. We feel really stressful and our brains are really good at just adding to that stress. We see something we don't like and our brain's like, Let's find evidence to make this even worse. Look at that, look at that, look at that. Now everything has gone wrong. And instead of feeling a little bit triggered or stressed or like we notice something we want in our kids to change or we want to be more consistent at, instead of focusing on that behavior and action, we are feeling completely out of control. It's not helpful. So go find the link in my show notes join my email list, get this freebie of how to avoid a power struggle with your kids, and we can connect there. All right, now let's begin the episode. Okay, so the quote is by James Clear, who is the author of Atomic Habits, and he says, many good opportunities are ruined for the dream of slightly better ones. Would you be 10% happier in a different relationship? Maybe, maybe not, but you'll definitely be unhappy in the one you have if you spend all day thinking about what else is out there. The surefire way to end up worse off is to agonize over unchosen options and fail to make the most of the one you selected. Every minute you spend yearning for your unlived life is a moment you can't invest in the one you actually have. 
Choices matter, but so does your level of commitment. Okay, I love this. You can apply it to so many things, but today I want to apply it to parenting. And I want you to think of the child you have and of the child that you want to be different. And you have this story in your mind about why things should be different. It would be easier if, or they would be happier if, or I wish they would make different choices. I wish they insert whatever it is that you're thinking. And when you have this story, you are not accepting the reality of the situation. Would they be happier? Would it be better if they were making different choices? If they weren't struggling? Sure, maybe they would. But what good is it feeling bad about something that isn't happening, right? You're choosing to focus on what is lacking, on what is not there, instead of focusing on the child that you have with where they are at, with their struggles, with their behaviors, whatever it is, instead of accepting it as the reality of the situation and choosing to be the parent that supports them and loves them and doesn't make this a problem. And that might sound counterintuitive, but stay with me. A lot of times we think things are a problem and it makes things worse. So how do we avoid getting caught in this trap and making things a problem? I want you to think about the situation and think about it as factually as possible and without opinion or subjectivity, okay? So whatever is going on for you about this particular child that you want to fix, what are the facts? What are they doing? What are they not doing? And instead of thinking, oh my gosh, this is such a problem, I want you to think about these facts as information as feedback, maybe even as if this was another child. And instead of having judgment or blaming the parent, you're just looking at this child as if this is their behavior. If I wasn't attached emotionally to the behavior, what would I think, what would I feel, and what would I do? Think about the behaviors as feedback and try to not take decisions, make your decisions based on your emotions, okay? And so that will help you make the best decisions that you need to make for that behavior. It's so important as parents that we set limits, have boundaries, and be consistent. And I think what gets in the way the most is the one feeling guilty ourselves, like we are doing something wrong. Our child is a reflection of us, and it makes us feel stressed when it doesn't look how we want it to look, especially if we have that personality that just wants to control everything and everyone around us. It can get us in a lot of trouble. So take a step back. The only person you can control is yourself, and you just get to love the people around you and your family around you, which is so in line with I think how most of us want to be anyway. We want to love our kids unconditionally. We want to love our family and and serve and just be the best version that we can be of ourselves. And so that is where we can get in our own way is feeling like, 
things are going wrong. We are supposed to control this situation. We're responsible for it. And so it's a problem. It's our fault. That is a toxic thought and story that is not going to lead to the best parenting. So let's just call it for what it is. It's toxic and try to take a step back from that story. You aren't responsible. It's not your fault. It's your child making choices because they are on their own journey, their own path to learning. And maybe their path to learning means struggling with this particular thing and overcoming it. And maybe even you are getting in the way of that learning because you want to step in and fix it. So then what? What would you do if you knew that was the case? What would you think and feel? How would you respond instead of react? Okay, for those of you that are members of my faith, and even if you aren't, I think this will be helpful. I sometimes struggle with feeling like I need to make my kids feel a certain way. And even within my own faith, that can be tricky because we want our kids to feel the spirit. We want them to know what that feels like so they feel the peace and the security that comes from having that anchor in Christ and feeling like they can make good decisions, that they are loved and accepted exactly for who they are. To a lot of teens and parents of teens who have said that it's hard for them to feel the spirit. Sometimes they, they'll even say they've never felt it in their life. And this is one of those instances where if you're not careful and on top of it, you just want to convince your child, no, you have felt it. No, you don't, you just don't understand. And you get caught in that power struggle where you're trying to convince your child, they're going to hold on even tighter to their opinions and beliefs. They don't want to change their mind. So the first step is just allowing your children to have their own beliefs and opinions and feelings. Okay, and really that is the most loving thing you can do. So that is a thought that I had that really helped me let go of this thought that I'm responsible for it is just actually I do want to be as loving as I can to my children. And the way to do that is allowing them to have their own thoughts and feelings and ideas. And of course, that's what I would want someone to do for me. I know how it feels when someone thinks they know better than I do or they're judging the way I'm thinking. It feels terrible. I don't want to do that to my kids. So that is something that really helps me take a step back and just the most loving thing I can do is allow my kid to think and feel how they are feeling right now. And the thing is, I'm not even allowing it. It's just happening. But in my mind, it helps me be at peace with, with the situation. So when you start allowing your children to think and feel how they want, then you can feel curious instead of defensive instead of judgmental. You can just get curious, ask them questions. Why do you think that? Why do you feel that way? And make sure your tone is not accusatory or defensive, and that can take practice. But when you ask them questions, you can connect in this way and understand your child a little bit better. So something that I listened to over the weekend though that really helped solidify this that, okay, Sometimes it can be hard to take a step back and not feel responsible and like you need to help your child. We think it's helping, but it's actually not. Um, I listened to the podcast episode. I 
don't know what episode number it is. It's an interview with Elder David Bednar. It's in the All In podcast. And in this episode, he's talking about people who have never felt the spirit or I, I can't remember how the question was phrased, if it was how to help the youth who are struggling or if it was just in general, people who are stepping away from faith, how to get them to come back. I can't remember how it was phrased exactly, but he he said this in a way that made sense to me because it was very in line with how I have been taught to coach and how things are psychologically in our minds, right? We don't want to be controlled. And he said, we aren't responsible for making them feel anything. We're asking the wrong questions. Instead of how to make them feel empowered, right, to be spiritual or whatever it is that you want your child to be empowered to do, instead of feeling like you've got to change them, invite them to act. And when he said that, I thought, oh my gosh, that resonates so much because it is so in line with what I believe as a coach, how we aren't responsible for other people's feelings. We're just supposed to connect with them and be the best version of ourselves. we can be. We can be that example. We can be authentic and who we are. That does have influence. That does have an impact. It's when we feel responsible for someone else's feelings and thoughts that we get ourselves in trouble. We're not responsible for anyone's feelings and thoughts. We all have our own feelings and thoughts about so many different things. No one can make us feel anything, right? Like that is what I truly believe. And that is what Elder Bednar was saying. We can't make them feel anything. We aren't even supposed to. We're asking the wrong questions. How can we invite them to act? So in this idea of spirituality, and you can apply it to any area where you want your child to maybe make some changes, instead of making them feel differently, trying to convince them that they are wrong or that they should do it different, invite them to act. An invitation is not forcing. An invitation is knowing that You have something, you have information, you have knowledge that really helps you, and you are living in it. You are encompassing it. You're not being hypocritical. You're not saying one thing and doing something different. It really helps you take ownership of, okay, what is my behavior? How am I doing? And in this frame of spirituality, I have to ask myself and check in with myself, how am I doing spiritually? What am I doing to connect with my Savior and have that relationship so that I can be that example for my children when they say they don't feel the spirit or they don't want to go to church and they don't like church. And I'm like, no, you have to. I can actually be kind of honest and think, well, when I was their age, I didn't like going either. And I can see information as feedback and think, yeah, we live in a really distracted world right now. So it makes sense that stillness is really difficult. And I can't even imagine what it would be like for teens because I've had that stillness in my life. I've experienced it growing up. I've had experiences that have taught me what the spirit feels like that I can go back to. And when I get really distracted and busy and I feel like I'm wasting time on my phone or scrolling that I need to bring myself back, I know what that feels like. As a teenager, someone who's had a phone their whole life doesn't know what it's like without constant access to information all the time. Yeah, that might be difficult to know what that feels like. 
So instead of making that a problem, and then we're just fighting against a reality, and we just want to talk about how horrible technology is and how it's ruined the youth, right? Instead of doing that, we can think, okay, what would what do we need to do then? Let's take a break from screen time. What would that look like? It's not going to be easy if you don't haven't implemented strategies to do that in the past. So then focusing on that, how asking the right questions. How can I create an environment in my home that has more stillness, that invites more stillness, and then invite my children for more stillness. And it depends on how old your kids are. If they're old, if they're adults, you can't force them. You can't get crazy and I'm taking away the technology and the phone, then we are going to be still. They're just going to sit there quiet and not like you, not have very good thoughts that are going to accomplish the goal that you want for them. So that isn't the answer. It's to invite them. It's to live it yourself. Do the things you want your kids to do. Live it, encompass it, be that example, and then invite. What will happen is they will see it in you. They will see that importance in you. They will not feel the judgment or the shame or that resistance that they are wrong. And they will soften and have the, see that influence. And the goal isn't to change them. The goal is to invite them. Look what, I, look what I'm doing and look at the impact that it's having on my life. I'm here to love you and support you. And of course, set limits and boundaries. But that just looks different for each child at each age and stage in life. So for me to tell you what that looks like, only you know what that looks like. Trust yourself to figure it out. And this is where if you feel like you need more help managing those emotions that come up because it is harder to find that space in your mind to make those decisions that will have impact when your mind is flooded with strong emotions. When, you, when your body is flooded with strong emotions and it thinks this is such a problem, all of that space in your brain that could be used for thinking of new ideas, implementing new strategies, all that space is going to be taken up trying to manage those emotions and it feels really, really difficult. And so if you are in that space, this is where getting help is so important, whether it's from a coach or a therapist or medication from a doctor. You don't need to struggle with strong emotions that are unmanageable. Please get help if you feel like you are not able to manage those emotions when they come up and they're so heavy and so high. There's nothing wrong with you. So many people get help because they want to manage their emotions. And sometimes it gets to a place where, all right, you're kind of at your wit's end you've like hit that place where it's like rock bottom, I need help. If you are there, please reach out. There is so much free information out there on so many different ideas and ways to get that help, whether it's CBT, which is cognitive behavior therapy, which is very much in line with coaching, noticing your thoughts, feelings, and actions. I just went to a training over the weekend and learned another coaching strategy called The Dig from Coach Jennifer Nelson. It was so good. I loved that it was so much in line with the model that I teach that I learned from the Life Coach School. We focus on the story that we're telling ourselves, the limited belief, the limiting belief that we believe that feels so true, but it's keeping us stuck because it feels terrible. 
there is another way to think about the circumstances in your life. And so I'm really grateful I was able to attend this training because it dug a little bit deeper into the emotional side, how to process those painful emotions. Where did they come from? Where did they start? And how to slowly unravel them. And I also love the training for the Life Coach School where we really can take a look at those thoughts and feelings so quickly and start noticing them and making changes in a really quick way. Once I started learning that, okay, that's just a thought I'm thinking. Why am I thinking that? All of a sudden it was like this person I was that was just holding on to these thoughts and feelings so tightly, like my circumstances needed to change. I needed to do more or be more. My kids needed to do more or be more so that I could be okay. And that is a lie that is going to keep you stuck. Your kids don't need to change. Nothing outside of you needs to change so that you will be okay. You as a person are enough exactly as you are. And you can be okay and, I love that word, and support your kids, love your kids, even struggle with your kids, but still be okay. Reach out if you want more help with this. I am starting a training in June that is going to really dive deeper into some parenting strategies, but more importantly, just emotional coping strategies that we can implement in ourselves that will help us become better parents, more loving and supportive parents to our kids. If you have any questions about this episode, feel free to reach out to me. You can email me at BeLivingProofCoaching at gmail.com. I'm going to put that in my show notes as well. I would love to hear from you there. I'm on Instagram at Kristen Goodman Coaching. You can follow me there. And uh, I hope you all have a wonderful day. Love your kids no matter where they are at. Tell yourself a story that is useful. Tell yourself a story that empowers you, that loves your kids exactly where you're at. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am so grateful you're here. I'm excited to announce that my group coaching course is now open for enrollment. You will get access to seven videos and eight live coaching sessions all over eight weeks. You will learn and apply actionable tools that will help you be a more confident and decisive parent. And because us moms like to put everyone else's needs before our own, you'll also learn how to set your own personal goals and actually achieve them. Send me an email at kristengoodman at parentinginthemiddle.com to get on the interest list. You can also find more information on my show notes or on my Instagram page at Kristen Goodman Coaching. I can't wait to see you there.